1: Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Next Friday, we'll mark the one-year anniversary from the date when Russia invaded Ukraine. A uh, year in, where are we? Is the Coalition of Nations Supporting Ukraine sticking together? Most importantly, what comes next, both for Ukraine, also for Russia? Uh, there are some questions that we're going to try to answer over the next 10 days as we focus our coverage on what is happening one year in. One, I don't think anybody would have anticipated we would be one year in. Most people thought this would be very quick work for Vladimir Putin uh, to drive out uh, President Zelensky and his administration, and it just didn't happen. And it's exposed a whole host of things as it relates to uh, the Russian military uh, that uh, has proved to be more paper tiger than tiger uh, with all kinds of holes and problems in terms of strategy, command and control, morale, uh, among other things. And, So that's been very interesting. The Ukrainians' resilience uh, has been absolutely stunning. And as they continue to receive weapons from uh, the alliance, uh, they continue to deploy it rather effectively. And not perfectly, but pretty effectively under the circumstances. And so we want to start looking at uh, where we are as we look at this sad one-year anniversary and what it actually means and, more importantly, what comes next. So today, Defense Secretary Austin and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Milley, held a joint news conference after meeting with the Ukraine Defense Contact Group in Brussels, Belgium. And that's an alliance of of more than 50 countries that have come together. And so let's start with uh, uh, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, Mark Milley. Uh, He started by recognizing uh, what is obviously the upcoming anniversary of
2: the war. Ten days from now is the one-year anniversary when Russia brutally, illegally, and in a completely unprovoked way Invaded the sovereign nation of Ukraine. As the Secretary just pointed out, Putin thought he could defeat Ukraine quickly, fracture the NATO alliance, and act with impunity. He was wrong. Ukraine remains free. They remain independent. NATO and this coalition has never been stronger. And Russia is now a global pariah. And the world remains inspired by Ukrainian bravery and resilience. In short, Russia has lost. They've lost strategically, operationally and tactically, and they are paying an enormous price on the battlefield.
1: So Russia failing, Russia losing is is really the part of that messaging from General Milley and in particular targeted at Vladimir Putin. Obviously, there are the people of Russia that are in a very different place than vladimir putin and those uh, in the highest levels of power inside of russia Uh, we're going to talk coming up uh, during the two o'clock hour uh, about who is fleeing russia and what that actually means there's really some interesting uh, under the radar trends that are happening some of which are good and some of which are really concerning Uh, we're going to talk about those uh, coming up here during the two o'clock hour I want to go to Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin now. He gave an update on where the war itself is specifically in outlining how uh, the things that Russia is doing, what's working and what clearly uh, is where they're failing. What we've seen
3: over the last several months uh, is a contested battlefield. Uh, we see a lot of activity uh, in, uh, in the Bakhmut area, which is where Russia is, uh, is focusing most of its effort. We see Russia uh, introducing a number of uh, new troops to the battlefield. Many of those troops are uh, ill-trained and, and, uh, and ill-equipped, uh, and so uh, their casualty rate has been really high.
1: So it appears and has confirmed what many people worried that Vladimir Putin would would not worry about that casualty rate, that he would throw numbers at the the war effort and the invasion of Ukraine, hoping that uh, that, uh, the quantity uh, would have a quality all its own. And I think we're going to see more of that, sadly, as we get into the spring. I think you will see more of these troops, uh, again, that – Secretary Austin described as ill-trained and and ill-equipped. And we're going to see more of that. And I think that casualty rate amongst the Russians will continue to be very high. Uh, General Milley said that the group of countries that met today to discuss uh, Ukraine and aid to Ukraine uh, remain very unified.
2: Ukraine does not stand alone. Fifty-four countries met today to ensure that Ukraine can defend itself and the principles that guide international conduct. And those principles will be upheld we will remain a unified coalition we will continue to uphold the values of sovereignty and freedom and we'll continue to support ukraine
0: a gun in the face then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up they pointed their guns at me and this is the point
1: where i thought i'm going to die today
0: started two years of horror for an american in venezuela they said you need to give us your phone and
1: That unity was something that many people worried about early on in the war. How long would the European allies, how long would the United States continue to to stick together, not just in terms of supplying military support, uh, aid and munitions to Ukraine, but in standing up with sanctions uh, towards Russia? Uh, Many wondered if uh, places like Germany that is very dependent on the natural gas of Russia would stay strong, would stand pat on uh, on some of those decisions early on in terms of sanctions against Vladimir Putin and the Russian government and those have held amazingly uh, astonishingly to many that they have continued to to stick together and uh, I think as general milley pointed out early on uh, the uh, the alliance is is stronger than ever it's more unified than it's been in quite some time and so that uh, those are all positive signs in terms of where we are. Secretary Austin uh, explained uh, in conclusion kind of what's coming next for the war and how they intend to continue helping and supporting Ukraine, especially moving into the spring.
3: We're going to continue to work with Ukraine to address uh, Ukraine's most pressing needs. Again, you know, they're contemplating an an offensive uh, in uh, in the spring, and that's just weeks away. Uh, And so we have a lot to get done. So if you think about the numbers of systems that we're bringing together. Bradley's, uh, Strikers, uh, Martyrs, uh, CB-90s, 113s, um, artillery, and the list goes on and on. It's a monumental task to bring all those systems together, uh, get the troops trained on those platforms, and make sure we have sustainment for that for, for all of those systems and get those systems into the fight.
1: So all of those things, you start adding those together. And, uh, yeah, I think some interesting angles in terms of, you know, what's been surprising in all of this. I think a lot of people have been surprised with the ineptness of the Russian military, that they just simply have not been able to to put it together in so many different ways. Uh, Recently, former uh, General Petraeus uh, talked about and was asked about some of these and and what that looks like. Uh, He was asked by uh, CNN, is Russia failing because of failures of intelligence? Failures, uh, failure of its conscripts, failures of Russian military culture. Uh, what is it? And uh, General Petraeus uh, said it's, it's all of the above and more. He went on to say that the list is long, including poor campaign design, wholly inadequate training, um, poor command and control, poor communications, inadequate discipline, poor equipment. Uh, insufficient logistics capability, supply lines, uh, inability to achieve combined arms effect. In other words, uh, really making sure they have the strategy and tactics together uh, and many other things. Uh, but I think we also have to be very careful. Uh, we should not suppose for any reason that we don't have to worry about Russia as a great power anymore. Uh, we, we still need to recognize they have enormous military capacity and they are still a major major nuclear superpower. Uh, they also have enormous resources inside of Russia, energy, mineral, agricultural. Uh, they also have about 145 million people in the country, uh, which is uh, almost double the next largest European countries. And so to think that uh, just because they're tied up and not doing well in this battle with, with Ukraine and their invasion of Ukraine Uh, we shouldn't think for a nanosecond that they aren't still very dangerous, uh, not just to Ukraine and to Europe, but to the rest of the world. And so we have to continue to look at all of those angles and all of those uh, efforts that are going on. Uh, As I mentioned, coming up in the uh, next hour, we are going to talk about some of those that are fleeing Russia, those that are leaving because they don't want to fight, some that are leaving for economic opportunity elsewhere. And what does that do in terms of brain drain, that impacts the economy, but what does it do in terms of leadership, in terms of changes within the country? We'll look at that coming up uh, in the two o'clock hour. All right, that wraps up our number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We will step aside for top of the hour news. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Dana Perino, former press secretary to George W. Bush, talking about communication strategy in crisis. You don't want to miss it. Stick around on KSL News Radio. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on the KSL News Radio app and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news.
0: Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night.
2: Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do
0: when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was.